Welcome to the podcast, Organized Mayhem. We're coming to you from 110 South 11th Street, which is the home of Mariah and the Rap Shack. And we are here to talk to you about all things Philadelphia restaurant business and everything in between. I'm Cammy here with my brother Scott, and my friend John Lupa. Here we go. Rolling tight, woohoo, tucked in, snug as bug and rug. Okay, we are back at Organized Mayhem, coming to you from 11th. It's a 111, 110, 110, 110, 110 South 11th 110 Street at Morea, also connected to the Rap Shack. So we are ready to get started. Okay, so the question of the day, the first question I'm going to ask, Scott, tell us a little bit how you got started on 18th Street. And I know it wasn't Morea, it was called the Rap Shack. Yeah, 18th Street, wow. Um, so I put every cent I had to buy out a lease, uh, had no money. Did you have children at that point? Uh, I did. I did. So that was pretty scary so to put just, everything you have on the money you have. And then, um, so kind of crazy, you still have to fix up the place. So I hired a homeless guy to paint the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, fell off the ladder a few times, but it's okay. <laughs> How did you know the a homeless guy could paint? Uh, the homeless guy also did my awning, too. <laughs> okay. How did you know he could handle awnings and painting? I had no choice. I just... He said he did. I just threatened to sue him like a thousand times. Homeless uh, guys come around a lot of and, times, and they seem to know. A yeah, lot. they seem to know a lot. <laughs> so, uh, and if you're going to sue a homeless, okay. I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know how. To, I didn't know how to send the paper to uh, sue him. Mm-hmm. So it was actually kind of interesting. I'm sure that you didn't, and I don't know what you would get from him. But that's okay. That's a whole other yeah. conversation. So anyway, so now we have a homeless guy. Terrific, wonderful. It's good to employ people. Yep. And um, so you're painting the ceiling. And yeah, it took, a, it took him a week. In. It took him a week, and I paid him $150. Okay. Yeah. All right. Not, Not bad. bad. Yeah. And did he do a good job? Horrible. All Terrible. Right. Horrible. Terrific. Well, there's an expression you get what you pay for. Yep. All right. So that was how long ago? 18 years ago. Terrific. Would you do it differently? Well, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, this is just in a story that way. always comes up with Rap Shack lore. Um, there was another guy, let's call him Jimmy, that Scott then paid to paint the place again. Uh, I think many years down the line from the homeless guy, he actually worked for Scott. And uh, Jimmy said, Scott, I'll paint the place overnight. All you have to do is just uh, leave me here. When you come in the morning, the whole place will be painted. And Scott, would you like to finish that story? Yeah, I come in the next day. He's passed out on the floor, and all he wrote was... What uh, his name rules. <laughs> that is it. Now, is that before you paid him or after you paid him? I paid him a hundred dollars at that point. I was supposed to pay him another hundred dollars once he was done. Um, so I just fired him. Yeah, oh, I, that, I would imagine that, that was it. But um, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Terrific. The yeah. interesting people that you hire here at the Rap Shack. Yeah, and, and, and also he finished a keg during that night. So, nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was great. All yeah. right, and so creative with the name is here yes <laughs> okay so i was about to ask though if you could do your career differently like what would you do like when you're starting if you were to start 18th street all over again what would this scott this older wiser scott tell the younger scott well you know i felt like 18th street with the limited money that we had i thought we did everything perfect i mean for what and then as we started developing and and I understood the business a little bit more. You just start putting more money into it and start coming up with different ideas. So I thought actually well, the 
the greatness of 18th Street was that, you know, it was a neighborhood bar. It started as a neighborhood bar. And sure, I, I tweaked it here and there. And the, to be honest with you, the more I tweaked it or made it look a little nicer was the more complaints I got because everyone wanted that neighborhood dive feel. So it was kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that not to be confused with the fun. flyers. <laughs> not that is true. <laughs> Um, okay. All right. Well, I'm glad that you have grown so much that you would say there's nothing that you would change. Not on 18th Street. 18th Street had its charm. Okay. Um, but then over time, you we changed the menu and and everything like that. But the the vibe from 18th Street, and I think that's why it was successful from the get go. It was just the vibe was really fun. Really, you know, people still talk about the pictures that we do, that we did up at 18th Street of, of liquor, which we do now on 11th Street. So, I mean, people love that. Yep, vibe is everything. As someone who worked actually at DeBruno's, which was across the street from 18th uh, Street Rap Shack before I worked for Scott, he had maybe the busiest lunch in the city that I can remember seeing on Thursdays and Fridays. Absolutely slammed. So that was pretty cool. He also did a $5 Mondays. And this is, what I, this is one quote that I always say. Just because there's a ton of people in your restaurant does not mean you're making money. So I had lines out the door. For every Monday, because I did five dollar wraps, didn't never make a dollar. <laughs> I never made a dollar. I had, we had lines out the door, so I had to have extra staff on security, five extra, three extra cooks, uh, three extra bartenders. Uh, in the end of the day, my bartenders were like, "We don't want to work it. We're running around like crazy. We're making twenty dollars because no one's tipping, no one's doing anything." So maybe it's a great way to just introduce people to the Rap Shack. Even though you're not making any money, you're investing uh, in the that, that's why we, That's why we did it. But then as you get going and then you can't find people to work it, that's when the, the problems arise. Okay. So I'm going to move on to another topic. You guys have worked together for a while and you guys have great camaraderie. When you spend a lot of time, you guys are work husbands, I guess. You know, when you spend a lot of time together... I know I consider myself Dr. Google. My kids are constantly calling me and saying, like, what's wrong with this or what's wrong with that? And I am a WebMD fan. Mm -hmm. So I hear that you also have been practicing medicine with absolutely no experience or training or know-how. And Zero so, knowledge. Okay, with zero <laughs> knowledge. And tell me some of the diagnoses that you've given to my brother, even though we are across the street from a hospital. So Scott has, like, a dry fingertip on his pointer finger. And uh, it was right in the middle of COVID. And I had heard somebody say this thing, COVID finger. And I became obsessed with COVID finger. So I go to look it up. For six it, months. It looked exactly like his finger. Sending pictures every day. I was day. sending pictures every day. I was like, I diagnosed this guy. He has long-term COVID. He needs to go get it figured out. Uh, so Scott went to his doctor and he goes, whatever idiot told you that was COVID is absolutely wrong. He's like, here's some cream. Uh, it'll, it'll be gone in a week. Well, what yeah. I love about this story, Lufa, is that you care Correct. about the people that you work with. Yes. So some people would see a busted finger and just be like, that's his problem, his busted finger. But you, only you. You know, even actual diagnosis and pictures. That's a really sweet spin on it. I think I kind of wanted to bother him. <laughs> yeah, that's all I wanted so. to do. <laughs> Just so you know, because we're brother and sister, yeah. we have all the mother that we need. I've yes. heard that. I've met uh, Mrs. Hockfield. Yes. yes. My, and especially when it comes to medicine, oh. my mom will for sure, if he had COVID finger. I got calls about his flu shot. I got uh, yeah. calls about his feet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Just the other day, I got yep. calls about his feet. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So a lot of walking. I mean, we just got back from Italy. Yeah. My mom is very walking. worried about your feet. Yeah. Okay. Our mom is that's, very worried about sweet. your feet. And that's sweet. It yeah. is sweet. Yeah. Hi, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So the next thing that I wanted to bring up 
is that we do have a lot of banter here and we do talk a lot in the downtime. Mm -hmm. We have very, very deep rooted opinions about the subject about the 80s. About the 80s. And I'm about to be 50, so I'm an 80s baby. And one of the things that we were going to talk about today, and we've thought about this in advance, is what we think is the most overrated 80s movie and the most underrated. Okay? So, Scott, would you like to go first? I would love to go first. Uh, well, the overrated movies are the movies that probably are the most popular to me. Uh, Seeing Animal's Fire. Oh, love. I, I like the movie, but mm -hmm. you think it was the greatest movie of all time. Sixteen Candles, good movie, good movie. Sky. Breakfast Club. Sky. Good movie. Sky. Oh my God. Good movie. <laughs> These are the movies that jog my hormones as a young girl. Like, like yeah. you know, <laughs> I am telling I'm you. I'm not saying they're bad movies. I'm just saying they're not top. And some of the top movies are not known as like the best but they're they're my favorite Make, right. making the grade with judd nelson great movie great movie vision, i agree with that underrated don't say vision, vision quest, quest. Oh. vision quest come it's on the worst classic. movie i've ever watched uh, classic okay uh flamingo kid great, great movie. movie matt matt dillon great movie. come on great movie less than zero amazing movie i tell you those and are all that, great that, movies that, you know, Robert Downey Jr. in that movie still breaks my heart in Lesson Zero. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, listen, that's why he was so good at the role. So, did that movie also movie. send him into a spiraling drug addiction? It sure did. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it sure did. And, and now he's Iron Man. Uh, and, so, and, like, and last but not least, Better Off Dead. Your favorite guy, John Cusack. Oh, Better Off Dead. I mean, yeah. that's perfectly rated because yeah. everybody loves Better Off Dead. All right, uh, I guess it's my turn. I, yeah. I actually very much respect your list. I got one more. That. Except I agree with you on Samuel Starbrush. That, that is actually a horrible movie, but so funny. Morgan Stewart comes home. Never seen it. It's the guy from uh, Two and a Half Men, the John Cryer. Huh. It is basically horrible, but I love it. How old was John Cryer in the 80s? He's got he was 17? Like, yeah, he had yeah, super yeah. young. Yeah. Okay. Candy. Okay, so for me, my underrated go. movie is probably, I don't even know if you guys have seen the movie. It uh, seems like old times. It actually just sneaks under the buzzer. Uh, for an, it came out in 1980. It's with Goldie Hawn and Chevy Chase. Oh, and she is a lawyer, and Chevy Chase gets wrongfully accused of a crime. It is one of my favorite movies. I am a huge Goldie Hawn fan. I love, I loved her in the 80s. Overboard. To be Overboard. Overboard. Overboard's Overboard. 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 I just love, I love Goldie Hawn and, and I'm a big Goldie Hawn fan. So that was my underrated movie. You guys haven't even seen it and you should. I loved it. And my Never most overrated movie, which I understand might be polarizing. It's, I've got two. One is Mannequin. Never heard of it. Never heard of Mannequin. Mannequin. It was a Philly-based movie. Oh, Tim Cattrall's oh, oh, Philly-based movie. Tim Cattrall's a mannequin. She's a beautiful mannequin that comes to life. Do you guys hear the premise of this movie? I know. Movie? Well, that's what. Okay, that's not, why I think are you not embarrassed? That's, that's why I said it was overrated. <laughs> okay. I said it was overrated. Okay, fair. Good, I, I, you haven't good seen movie, it not great. Okay, and that. my second, I'm afraid to tell you guys, but um, Rambo. As overrated? Overrated. I mean, Jesus, the I only know. movie that's watchable in the eighties you think is overrated? Yeah, no, Rambo is great. Rambo is great. Not yes. a Rambo girl, and it's not like I love that kind of genre. I, I love it. I could go on about this forever with other things too, like uh, uh, the Running Man is one of my favorite movies. Great movie. Great movie. Wait, is that the one with uh, who? Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, great. What's movie. the Marathon Man? Oh. Uh, the marathon guy it's about this guy that was in the cia what was it he's very famous he was in uh what are you talking about somebody pull out a phone yes uh what's it sounds stupid it. i don't know no no, no i am it's a, very, it's a very popular movie 
Who was the guy that played the young guy that banged the older mom? Oh, Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman plays in Marathon Man, correct? As a CIA agent. Did I make this up? Yeah, I, to me, no, that's not right either. Okay. But uh, Dustin Hoffman. So, like, for me also, I love Tootsie. I have, no idea. Love You've Tootsie. definitely seen this movie, too. Yeah. I've seen every 80s movie. That is true. And I would say I've heard, seen every movie, too, but I didn't see the one that you were talking about that you said was underrated with Jen Cryer. Yeah, it's not that good. <laughs> you know, I mean, but I, I, I laugh at it. But, I mean, yeah. There's Enough. movies that just for some reason, yeah. you know, there was, um, uh, what was the movie that I, I actually. Actually, you know what's funny? It's the father in that. It's the same father as, as uh, Less Than Zero. Uh, Morgan, uh, oh. Robert Downey's uh, father. father yeah. So, yeah, I mean, listen, we could talk about movies all day. Let's get to you, John Lupa, underrated, and then over So the most well, underrated, the most underrated movie fine, is that, that fake mm-hmm. movie with Dustin Hoffman that I just Came up oh, with what? Ride of the Dog? No, no. Oh, Marathon oh, okay. Man or yeah. whatever it's called. Uh, the most overrated movie in the 80s is every single movie ever created in the 80s. Oh, my God. It is the worst decade for movies of all time. The 70s were great. The no, 90s were no, great. No, Tarantino no. came out in the 90s. And now everybody's talking about the 80s. The worst decade for film in the history of film since potentially the 1910s. First of all, I for do- anyone watching, when I do talk about Lupa calling an idiot, if you hear that, that's why. This is why. First of all, the, I mean, eight, the 80s movies, like 16 Candles, like there is... Uh, I just said that's one of my most overrated. Do we not think uh, that 16 Candles is a little weird with the girls' underwear and everybody sniffing it in the bathroom and this whole thing? That's no, not weird. Well, Ron no. Dalton was pretty funny, though. He was funny. Ugh. No, oh my gosh, the 80s, I just love, love, love the movies. I actually don't think that they make high school movies like that anymore. Thank God. No, they're all like sexual predatory so movies. Oh, they're God. so good. Yeah. That was a movie that like spoke to like your inner childhood. Like all of that stuff was so good. It's everything you wanted to be. The proms and the some kind of wonderful, the the love uh, that sparked. Oh, some kind of wonderful. That's a good movie. Great movie. Great movie. Eric Stoltz. Have you guys heard of like Pulp Fiction or? Uh... It's not that, I've got nothing against Pulp oh, yeah, Fiction. I'm just asking. Nothing I, against I Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Totally, totally different. Your problem. Totally Here's different. Here's what I'd say: If you look at the top ten movies ever created, there's not one '80s movie in there. When did Goodfellas come out? Ninety-one. Oh, well, just at the end. Just the yeah. Godfather '79. What about The Natural? The Natural's a terrible movie. The Natural's a terrible movie. I hate it. I hate. It. There's so many more baseball movies that are better than The Natural. Oh, The Natural's so good. I'd rather watch the one about the softball girls than watch The Natural. Tom uh, Hanks? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little funny. That was a good should, movie. Yeah. You should go in time out. <laughs> all right. So we're never going to agree to like all this. My brother and I are definitely more in sync, but we grew up in the same house, watched the same movies, had the same love for, you know, we can talk about TV another, another time, but we did grow up uh, where TV almost during dinner, we used to watch um, Laverne and Shirley. Then Happy Days. And then it went to The Simpsons. And then it went to The Simpsons. <laughs> that's a good turn. Yeah, yeah. That's a crazy turn. That's a crazy turn, yeah. but a good one. But hey, we, we could talk about that. Yeah. And yeah. you know, my father was the one who loved The Simpsons. Mother, mother, Simpsons mother, mother, mother. Mother? Mother. Oh, maybe mother. Yeah, Scott and I, we grew up in the same house, but we have two totally different experiences. Can I debate you on that? Because Scott actually called his dad in front of me and goes, remember how you used to love The Simpsons? And he goes, it was one of the smartest shows yeah. on TV. I, I didn't yeah. say that my, oh, my dad didn't like it. Oh, okay. I would say that my mom was Loved a true it? fan. Really? My mom was the one who, first of all, she controlled the remote in the house. <laughs> it was her kitchen. We had a TV in the kitchen. So she definitely yeah. controlled the remote. And she had shows that she really, really liked. And for some reason, shows that made her very angry. Huh. What's one that made her very angry? The Cosby Show. She didn't like the Brady Bunch. 
my mom two happy families two didn't like yeah. like happy families yeah. like yeah. she liked married with children she liked like families that um that's very interesting yeah yeah and she didn't she didn't like it huh no okay so no. I, I i don't know that was just my mom okay but we can interview her at another time she's a very <laughs> another interesting time. Yeah. so um what uh our next the last before we wrap up we're just going to talk a little bit about restaurant week so all i know about restaurant week because i know nothing about the restaurant business is that when restaurant week is in session or in motion nobody sees their families and everybody that's what my mom really is going to worry about your feet so tell me about when restaurant week is september and 10th to the 23rd and so don't forget to make your reservations yeah and restaurant week so what's the why do they even have a restaurant week I didn't even go to restaurant. So they do restaurant week. It started actually. This is the twentieth year. So kind of just everyone's back from the shore. Uh, the summer's over. So they want everyone to just realize, hey, come out and check out the new restaurants. A lot of new restaurants open. And there's and a just, deal, some kind of financial incentive. Yeah, there's a new there's a deal. I think it's forty five dollars for dinner. You get uh, an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert. And it's a good, it's a good deal, and we're packed for it. It's a good vibe, and just a, it's a good way to start the fall. And you can't have for that. I'm sure you have to condense your me your menu. I'm sure you don't have the same menu. Is that correct? You, you would think that would be the case, but no. You get so you, they can either do the special menu or they can just order off the regular menu. And that they order off the regular menu. It's a regular price. Correct. Correct. Okay. Correct. So I don't. Know, I can't speak for other restaurants if they do that, but I'm pretty sure most of them do. Okay, so and then you have. So, is it hard to get a reservation? I imagine. Uh, it is hard to get a reservation, uh, but you know, we we actually have a second room that we are able to have people. So um, we we're able up. to make work. We're, we fill up, but we make it work. Now, do you look forward to restaurant week, or do you dread restaurant week, or is it something in between? So, to be honest, for me, restaurant week, the beginning, it always is a little slow because it starts on the Sundays. That's yep. not correct. It is. So, it's like it goes Sunday to Monday. You're never crazy Sunday to Monday. Uh, and then Tuesday hits. You get a little busier. Wednesday hits. By the time you're at Saturday of that first week, you're pretty burned out mm -hmm. um, because you're doing 150, 200 reservations a night. Uh, it's all hands on deck. Scott Expo, all run food. We clean tables. We bar back. It's kind of this like everybody involved well, make it work. I have to interrupt you. The first the first restaurant week which was that we ever did was in the middle of uh, COVID and we only had like two cooks, two bartenders, and by the seventh day I was like in shock. I, yes. I was so busy. Yeah. Do you and think that's because people were looking to come out of their house and emerge from COVID? I think, I think that, so. but also no. we just didn't have the staff. Correct. Yeah. Right. So I'm sure it's hard to staff at those events too. Yeah. You know what? You can run it with the whatever staff you have. You can run it, but then it's just like every manager has to be involved. Every dishwasher has to do a little extra. It's everybody really steps up. And listen, it's only thirteen days, fourteen days. There's always a couple that fall to the wayside. Correct. Because you know you really, unless there's an emergency, you should not call out. Correct. Uh, and we tell everybody beforehand, unless it, obviously there's emergencies, you can't call out. Mm -hmm. uh, and ever sometimes someone always does. Well, you don't want somebody working when they're sick, especially it's if not, it's not about sick. It's yeah. about yeah, well, it's it's this, 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 is, this is the restaurant business. People aren't sick; they're hungover. Yes. They're, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we 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 know the people that uh, have that problem. So I'm sure everybody by the end of the week is exhausted. Yes. It's a lot of reservations. A lot of reservations. Usually it's it, ends, it ends on a Saturday or Sunday, Scott. It ends on a Saturday. Ends on a Saturday. We'll work Sunday, and then Scott usually closes Monday just to be like. Everybody, yeah, yeah. Like, right. get a little, little break. Everybody, break. Now, yeah. during Restaurant Week, 
this is just, I'm sure you have to turn over tables rather quickly. Yep. So um, what do you do, just out of curiosity, if you've got a table that is lingering, right? They got the check and they're talking, they're having a great time. You're thrilled to see they're having a great time, but you know that there's another reservation coming up. Is there ever a time that you would go over and say, I'm sorry, but... So who we use for our reservations, there is some stuff on there about, hey, your table's held for 90 minutes. So there can be the gentle push of, hey, guys, uh, your time's running a little close there. Can I get you a dessert? Can I get you a check? Mm-hmm. And it's just always the gentle push out. Because, listen, at the end of the day, they still are customers. Yeah, so of course. You have to treat them. Yeah, I mean, we try to say an hour and a half. If it lingers into two hours, that's fine. We but, deal with it. But just specifically during restaurant week when you're so slammed. Yes, we there's something we have to funny. nudge. There's a little bit of nudging, but there's also funny if somebody if you're eating at a table and then you look over at the host stand and you see twelve people waiting, mm-hmm. you kinda get the idea like I better I better finish. Some people don't care. I know some people don't care. It's you know, entitled me to this this night. It's probably a tough thing, yeah. you know, a really no, tough there thing. Is some you, headbutting sometimes. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. So restaurant week is happening, very exciting. Now after restaurant week, is there a lull that you can catch your breath or not really? Not really, because well, on the rap check side, that's when they start picking up because you got football season, everything's going on. No, we're in preseason that. right now. We are. Look at you. We're in preseason, and then over here, it's just you know the fall's really the busy time. So you know the lull of the summer is over. So now it's back to business. So we really start picking up. So it really from September to January. You're crazy. You're rocking. You're just, yep. That's your that's your busy time. <laughs> Which is everything that you want. Yep. But also a really tough thing. I agree, and it's just you know w- what you realize is once you get busy, that's when the staff like, well, we need an extra person. My chef, my uh, gourmet chef, will say, hey, I need an extra prep person. I need an extra this. I need an extra that. I'm like, why don't you just work harder sometimes? You know, <laughs> it's, like, it's not that hard. <clears throat> I don't know if you can pick this up so my brother can sometimes be a little bit or i'm a happy-go-lucky guy i would not describe you as happy-go-lucky but i would say <laughs> well as he has said i'm a ray of fucking sunshine yes. uh i don't know if we're gonna keep the f in but um <laughs> a ray of sunshine yeah. again i'm not sure if that's what i would say I would say that you are a likable guy, but partially because you're curmudgeon and you can you get what you see what you get, you get what you see, it is who you are, right? Well, I always say to all my staff when I hire them, if you're good to me, I'll, I'll be, be a million times you. better to you. Yes. Doesn't always happen, but it, we, we try to I try to say that. Well, I can say you are a wonderful brother. Oh uh, <laughs> sweet. That is love. Now, uh, somebody who is a ray of sunshine is I think Lupa. Thank you. I do think Lupa, you are a ray of sunshine. So I, I think you guys that. balance each other out because Lupa and I, I can already tell, like Lupa and I are sucker for people and a and a story and, and sometimes oh, yeah. sometimes you need somebody to come in and, and be the voice of reason. Can I just interrupt you? I was just away for twelve days. I don't think he was a ray of sunshine during that time. Oh, I was a ray. Definitely a ray. Definitely a ray. And you want to talk about how you fired somebody, and then you had to call me, and then I had to fire him? So this was yeah, a real I, quick recap. I love it. We had a manager who was not managing. And by not managing, I mean she didn't really do a lot. Um, anything. Anything. Uh, and so I went to fire her. And Cami, as I think you would understand this, she gets on the phone. There's some tears. There's some why. Right. And so I try to be nice. I'm just talking her through it. Then she goes, you know what? I'm going to show up. And I was like, no, no, no. You're fired. <laughs> She's like, nope, I'm coming in. And so this is, I'm like into a 35-minute conversation. Listen to this girl cry. I'm like, no, you're like, it's over. You're done. I'm coming in Tuesday no matter what. So Scott calls me about three minutes later. How'd that go? 
I go, it didn't take. <laughs> so, so we had a caller from Italy, and he called me back in probably three minutes and goes, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's over. That's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she did, didn't do one thing right, or didn't do, not one thing right, she didn't do anything. So just, all right, it's over. Let's yep. get it. Let's move on. Well, one thing about Scott is that you will get is to the point, <laughs> and you're not going to get a lot of fluff, no. but you're going to get the truth. And yeah. he is a very loyal guy. So if you're with him and you're good to him, I imagine that that's why you have long term. Well, that's why, like half my staff, I always say, I, half my staff has been with me for 10, 15 years, and the other half, 10, one 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> you know? So yep. you, in this business, you kind of know the good ones right away. And you don't want to waste your time, especially going into the, the busy time. And you owe it to the good people to run a successful business and get rid of the people who aren't pulling the Exactly. Well, because in a, a tipping business, if people are falling behind, the other staff gets angry. You know, because they're like, well, I'm working 70% faster than the other person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's harder on me. Find somebody new. So half the time, I'm getting rid of somebody because I don't want to hear my, my other staff. Uh, going crazy. So do you think people act differently when Scott's around than when you're around? Sure, to a degree. The thing is, uh, I don't know, I have a base level of anger where people know if I'm not in a good mood, then just leave me alone. Um, if I am in a good mood, I can pretty much be approached with anything. Um, but when Scott comes in, listen, at the end of the day, he is the owner, his name's on the paycheck. Mm -hmm. There is a different level of get your shit together. Well, you know what's funny? No one ever asked me for a raise. They asked him to ask me for a raise. They're scared. Yeah, they're scared. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's true. <laughs> I think that's the case with every manager. I, like, I, yeah. like, you don't want to go to the boss. Correct. You know. I think asking for money is always a very tough thing, and asking for a raise is a really humbling experience. Yes. Well, I mean, most of the time, if I think they're good, I'm giving them a raise before they even ask. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. When we hire somebody, uh, you know, if I see that they're good right away, you know, give them probably a, a raise within the next like four weeks you know that's just the way it should be yeah we want to keep them show that hey they're going to be here long term yep so. well, very interesting and that's why i couldn't own a restaurant because i would have a bunch of employees that nobody did anything i did everything <laughs> and we weren't making one dollar so that's why i don't do your work and you don't do mine but we are going to wrap it up and say bye everyone thank you for listening and i am cammy with John and, and Scott. And it's been great having you tune in. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, X, X, all of it. Facebook, YouTube, Facebook, our YouTube, website, Instagram, yep. whatever. Yeah, yes. all of it. We're on all of it. And hope to see you for lunch or dinner at Maria and the Rap Chef on 110 South 11th Street. All right, guys.